guys ready to get zesty? All right. You guys are like, what does that mean? I'm not ready. Well, um, we are, that's the title of the sermon today, and we are entering into a new series of talks about getting zesty for the things of God. Amen? He was like, no, yeah, I don't know. Um, turn to your neighbor right now, or your neighbor, your partner, your person sitting next to you. Turn to someone and say, you're going to get zesty today. Come on, tell them. Come on, I'm watching you. Make sure you tell somebody. Now turn back to them, personal accountability. Say, and I'm going to get zesty today. Tell them. Zestiness. The series is called The Zesty Life. You're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean, right? We're talking about that today. I want to put up a definition of the word zest so you guys know what I'm talking about. And I want you to maybe write this down so you can keep in mind through today's sermon, through the weeks to come, we're kind of going on this theme of being zesty for Jesus. So here's what it means. Look, at, it comes from the word zeal and zealous. And I, I read that a lot in scripture, right? Having zeal for the Lord. And Jesus was, had zeal for his father's house. And he turned over all the, the tables of the money changers because he was like, this is not a den of thieves. This is the house of God, you know, and he, he had zest and David had zeal and zealousness for God. You read all this stuff in the apostle Paul, but really I, I, I'm used to the word zeal and zealous. So I went with something that means the same thing, but it's a little bit catchier zest, right? And I want us to get zesty. I want you to, if you're going to remember anything from today, Monday morning, tomorrow, Hey, what was the sermon about yesterday? Oh, get zesty. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Remember that word, and here's what it means. To have passion, enthusiasm, excitement, appreciation, enjoyment, gusto. That's another good word, isn't it? Gusto. I don't even know where that comes from, but joy is a word that the Apostle Paul often talked about. Have flavor, that we would add flavor to our lives, to those around us. And then some fun words, tang, kick, zing. Isn't tang what the astronauts drank? Tang. That was the, right? Tang, kick, zing. Love, fervor, and fire. It's like an intensity. It's, a, it's an excitement that we'd have for life. And I believe that um, we go through life sometimes and we can get kind of complacent in just life. You know, it becomes like the, the, the mundane, the ordinary, the common, the, the same thing day after day. You know, how many of us, we fall into those schedules and we look at our week and we're like, man, that was just exactly the same as the week before. Anybody ever feel that way? You just kind of take inventory of your life and you're like, this is what it's all about. And I believe that even though you may go through seasons like that, that spiritually we don't have to stay like that. Amen? Then the spiritual level that we need to have this passion and this fire and all of this stuff that it's talking about. Um, in this series we're going through, I was reading the book of Romans. I wanted to do a teaching on the book of Romans. And normally you can go through like the Roman road and you can you know, believing in your faith. Like the problem is sin, we're separated from God. But God gave Jesus and there's faith and there's grace. You can walk through it like that. And I was like, oh, that's good. But I want, I want to hear the heartbeat of God. Holy Spirit, I want you to give me a different angle that we can preach from. That, that's just something that is unique for us and where you have us right now. And maybe me for my life. So I, I read the book of Romans like three times through. And as I was reading it, um, the Holy Spirit kind of inspired me to, to go off of this different angle. What I saw in it was, if you ever read the book of Romans, which I suggest we're getting into it, go read the book of Romans. We're going to be teaching with the book of Romans as a backdrop but not necessarily verse by verse growing through it. I'm, I'm going to be preaching big themes that I see based on this one thing that God gave me. And he says, as I was reading the book of Romans, what I saw was I saw the author of Romans, which is the apostle Paul. And the book of Romans is all about the Christian faith. If you need to know what's the basics of the Christian faith, go read Romans. It's, it's heavy, it's deep, it's rich, it's, it's 
everything we need to know about salvation and sin and the gospel. But what I got out of this thing is I was looking and I was reading the author. I was reading the apostle Paul. And what God gave me was the fact that this guy was zealous for the things of God. And the reason he wrote Romans, Romans was to get us so that we can understand what our faith is all about so that we would be inspired to do something about it. Amen? That when we look at our faith, it's not just to go, oh, well, it's good. I have a knowledge and I have a working theology and good thing I'm going to heaven. But it's so we could be reminded of all that God has given us and we could go, man, my life is good. Now, I don't care if I'm having a blah day today. My God is good to me. He rescued me from that. I used to be bound for hell. Now I get to spend eternity in heaven. I used to be the the boss of my own life and I wasn't so good at it. But now I got the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me. I have freedom. I don't have to be in bondage to addictions and strongholds. I have a better life. I can have a zesty life. Amen? Come on. Zesty. That's what we're talking about today. So I want to teach through Romans based on a bunch of the big themes that we see in Romans but they would add into us having an inspired faith that we would do something, that we would understand, I need to be living a zesty life. What God has done for me should give me zeal, should give me enthusiasm for life that will, that will accomplish something in my life. We're not just, I'm not just trying to hype you up on, yay, let's be a good Christian. But to realize that when you have this enthusiasm and this excitement, this expectancy in life, this joy, it changes my perspective. I become a better Christian. If I can take on every day realizing that however the day started, I end up as a winner no matter what. Because I read through that whole Bible, that whole book, and you know what it tells me in the end? We win. We're winners. That means every day when I wake up, regardless of my circumstances, I'm walking in victory and not to victory. See, the battle's already been won. I've been redeemed. I've been saved. I'm blessed, and I know where I'm going, and I know what's in me and what I'm capable of doing. And so no matter what's going on in my life, if I live with this enthusiasm, it changes my perspective. My faith grows. I'm filled with expectancy and hope. But not only that, you begin to walk into your calling. Because if you're down in the dumps and you've got this lukewarm attitude, then God's going, I'm trying to bless you. I'm trying to give you stuff. But my head is, my eyes are too busy looking at my own feet, just going, another day, another week goes by, right? When I begin to look up to God, I go, God, what do you have for me? I'm living a good life because of all you've done. Now he goes, oh, I got this for you, Carl. Here's your new calling. And I'm not talking pastoral calling to all of you. What I'm talking about is God's going to begin to give you dreams and, and visions and hopes and ideas. And you're going, is that something I could do? It seems like kind of far-fetched. I don't know if I could. And God's going, no, this is your next plan for your life, for you to be involved in what things that I'm trying to do in your life. And you get excited about that. But not only in that, you know what happens? The zestiness, it leaks out into other people, right? You affect the world around you. That we as Christians become empowered as God's tools to change this entire world around us. So I want us to get zesty today, and I want us to think of things in life that would make us zesty. And in the natural, you know what I think of that that keeps me uh, living zealous and staying zesty is my kids. Anybody have kids in here? Doesn't that add fulfillment to your life? And a little bit of tension, and a little bit of like, you need patience, and you need the help of the Holy Spirit every day. But doesn't it make your life that much more honestly enjoyable, and it gives you enthusiasm? You know, I'm getting along in my years, you know, I'm not an old man, but I'm getting older, my life is getting busier, everything's kind of, you know, falling into routines in, in some sense. And so there's a tendency that like, my, I got kids, and they, you know, they're all fun, and they keep me, keep me young, but they're getting a little bit older too, you know, like they're, my son is 12 years old, and my daughter is about to turn 
16 this week, and I'm freaking out a little bit about that, you know? A little bit of like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a little too much zest. I'm not ready for that one right now. So they keep me young, but, but in some sense, the two of them are getting a little bit older, and things are, you know, they can feed themselves, you know, obviously now, and they can take care of themselves, and, and they're not all talking all the time. They're iPods in the car and just cruising, and they, and they do their thing. So life's kind of easy for me, and then God thought it was funny to five years ago give us another baby, right? Like, ah, oh, you guys are getting a little too boring, Carl. Let me just give you this one. Then along comes Sammy, right? And she is, we call her the firecracker because she is just bouncing off the walls all the time, but she's just like in love with life. And she just questions all the time. No matter where you're driving in the car, she's talking the whole time. I'm like, take your iPad, you know, stay busy. Doesn't matter, right? She just talk, 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 all kind of questions. And you always got to keep an eye on her because she breaks every toy, everything that you give her. Somehow she's so active, she finds a way to break it. And we leave her alone for five minutes. She's in the garage. I'll go, just go paint some pictures. She paints and then I see her come walking through the house and she's hiding her arm. I'm like, oh no, what'd you do? I look, her entire arm is painted red. I'm like, no, on the paper, not on, you know, she's just, she keeps me, my life full of zest, if I can say it that way, in a good way. We take them to restaurants, and you never know what's going to happen. It's always, like, scary. And Sam, what's your favorite restaurant? 7-Eleven. There's <laughs> always something new, right? She, she goes there for the Spam Musubis and the Strawberry Sludgies, as she likes to call them. So it's, not, it's a Slurpee. It's not a sludgy, but she wants give me a sludgy. But you just never know. And, and my son, he's, he's renewing my zest for the sport of surfing. I've gotten to the point where I don't surf as much anymore. I love the sport, but it's gotten like, man, I, I get out of shape because I don't go all the time. So I get depressed on myself. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible, you know? And, and then there's crowds. And I surfed bowls yesterday with my son and my, my brother-in-law and, and our, uh, my nephew. And I was like, I don't want to surf bowls. It's going to be crowded on Saturday. And it was, you know? But what my son is teaching me to do is to see uh, life through his eyes and, and first times in surfing some of those spots and the excitement and dad did you see that wave did you see that wave I was trying to do an air I was trying to do all of this you know and it's like oh wait wait I have, I have a reason to be excited again because I have kids you guys know what I'm talking about is that you have those kids and they inspire you my daughter she's in the whole music and social media and fashion and she helps me dress in the morning you know and stuff like that and the other night we're getting out of our car on the way to um, Friday night service and my son's like, oh, my lips are dry. You know, do you have any um, chapstick, Kylie? So he gives her some chapstick and, he, you know, moisturizes his lips. And then I go, hey, can I borrow some of that? I'm like, Wait a minute. Is this chapstick or lipstick? You know, it's dark in the car. I want to make sure, right? You know, you, you know this, is, this is legit, right? It's clear. It's see-through. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And then my son in the back, she's like, why, Dad? What, what do I look like? What do I look like right now? I, I look at him. I go, don't worry. You look like a full-grown woman. You're good. I said, What? No, no, you're good. He's like, oh, okay, okay. So I put it on too, right? And I get out of the car. My, my daughter starts laughing. And, and I'm like, oh, no, what? She goes, your lips are sparkling. I'm like, wah! <laughs> Wipe them off. But you know what? My kids add zest to my life. Amen? And so there's things in the natural, like coffee and Red Bull and kids and things like that. They can give you zest and, and give you enthusiasm and joy and excitement. But what I'm talking about is in my spiritual walk, in my spiritual attitude, and in my outlook on life, I want to be always fired up on the things of God. Amen? Come on. And the things that Jesus has done for us, I don't want to ever let my fire for God turn into lukewarm, right? That we always want to be inspired and have our spiritual attitude. So that's what I'm talking about. In John 10.10, one of the greatest verses in Scripture, where Jesus um, kind of says two things, two contrasting things. He says, the enemy, the devil, the thief, is here to kill and to steal and destroy. 
The enemy does not like that you've said yes to Jesus, so he tries to pull away that fire and that zeal in your life. He tries to knock you down and pull you back to his side of the fence, right? Because he doesn't like that you're, you're moving in the things of God. So he's here to ruin your life. But it says, Jesus says, but I have come to give you life and life in abundance. And it may say, in, in one of your versions, it may say a rich and satisfying life or life to the fullest. That Jesus is promising we as Christians because of what he did, should be living this full, excited life all the time. Regardless of circumstances, we can have enough within us when we understand what he's done to live life to the fullest. Our vision statement itself, it starts off with giving people the best life possible. See, even our church is like, we get what Jesus said. We want to make sure that, that that's what we're here to do. We're trying to give you guys the best life possible in everything by give, connecting you to God and his family and equipping you and getting you involved with all he's doing and, and empowered to win the world, right? And so... As we do that, we look in scripture, and I want you to realize that even God wants us to be zesty people, right? Get zesty. Look at what it says in Revelations 3, 15, and 16. God is, is writing, and he's writing to the church at Laodicea, but really to all believers everywhere. He says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. Um, and he says, so because you are lukewarm, in other words, no zest, right? No zealousness. And neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And the word actually here is beyond spit. It's actually vomit. It's actually, you make God sick when you get lukewarm for him. I do. I'm not just trying to put it on you. I'm saying, we as Christians are supposed to be, and this is interesting. He says, I want you hot and on fire and zealous for me. But even for those people that don't know me, that are totally cold, at least there's a chance that they could meet me and they could get on fire. But for those of us that call ourselves Christians and we've just gone bland and dull and lukewarm, he's like, man, you're, you're good for nothing. Look what it says in the next few verses in Revelation 3.19. It says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, he commands us, be zealous and repent. If we're zealous for him, then our faith grows and we change the world around us. So that's what we're talking about here today is, is getting zesty and zealous. And one of the words that's used to describe zest I thought was really cool. There was all those words I gave you up there on the, the board, passion, excitement, and joy, and all that. But did you know there's a word that describes zest? It goes along the, line, the lines with flavor and taste, but it, the word is pungency. Write down that word, pungency. That we're supposed to have the pungency of the things of God. You know what that word means, pungency? It means something smells, right? It stinks. Now, God's not, not encouraging, you know, lack of personal hygiene or anything like that because I was a youth pastor for, for years, right? And so at that age, you know, puberty and stuff like that, kids are learning about deodorant and some kids don't learn that lesson for a few years and there's pungent kids in your youth ministry, Right? And there was one kid when I lived in Huntington Beach, he used to come over to our house. Our house was like the gathering place, all the kids on the way to the beach, downtown Huntington Beach, whatever. They'd all stop in. And there was this one kid that everybody else was, hey, leave your shoes at the door. And one kid was like, you keep them on at all times because his feet were pungent. pungent. I don't know what happens. You don't wash your socks, toe cheese, it reeked. And so you tell me this kid's name today. Hey, do you ever talk to so-and-so? And I instantly just go, ooh, you know, because like, I smell him. I can, like, he's pungent. But on the other hand, listen to this, his spiritual outlook and his soul and his fervor for the Lord was the direct opposite of his feet. <laughs> his feet, terrible, smelly, 
But his life in the Lord, this kid was the most evangelistic kid I've ever known. He got saved and he brought like half of the youth group to youth group. We had like 150 kids and this kid was solely responsible for just being bold with his faith, telling everybody what was up, not being ashamed about Jesus. He would write his name, God, everywhere and Jesus loves you. And he would just talk to all these kids. He would pray for people in public, not even scared. And he loved the Lord. Every week he would have a new testimony, a new praise report. God was always moving in his life. And I'm like, man, I don't want that smell of your feet, but I want the smell of Jesus all over you. The kid was zesty for Jesus Christ. Amen. And so what it's saying here is that, you know, that us as Christians to have this, this zeal and not be lukewarm, we're supposed to smell different than the world around us. Not in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense that we would change the atmosphere of the people we come in contact with. Now, guys, I'm not trying to hype you up and say, you need to be an outgoing da-da-da-da-da. Some people that comes naturally too, right? The personality. It's a personality thing. Pastor Frank. Anybody ever took notice of Pastor Frank? He's that real quiet pastor we have on staff, right? Isn't he the opposite? His, his, his personality. Are you here today, Frank? He's, he's somewhere. But he's just got this boisterous, that guy is just zesty. You know, he's just funny. He's got charisma. I'm not saying everybody has to have that personality because God made us all differently. But I'm saying in the, the inner life, in our relationship with God, that we should be excited from the inside out. We should have fire for him. And sometimes it's the quiet people that have that zesty life. You don't notice that at first, but I've talked to people before. Hey, how's your, how's your week this week? Oh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good, praise God. And they're just quiet. And I'm like, yeah, praise God. What, you know, what, any praise reports? Like, yeah, I um, led a couple people to the Lord and I'm starting a Bible study at my job. And you're like, what? That's amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> and here's what I'm telling you guys. I'm making this point because you don't have to be dramatic, crazy, bold, outward personality. You be who you're created to be, but you've got an inner fire that drives you to actions and that does stuff that you live for the things of God and you're hungry for them, you're excited, amen? And so that's what we're trying to get is we need to get that zest back in our lives. We're bringing zesty back. (laughs) Guess that's a new song. It's a cover I made of Justin Timberlake. But we need to get zesty. I know, I'm, I'm stupid like that. Thank you, God, for your grace. God, we love you. We're bringing zesty back, right? Let's get zesty. Because God is worth it. He's so good. And it doesn't matter what it necessarily looks like in our personality. It's an inner fire that works out to our actions. And so that's what we're talking about. The reality is, here's the big problem is, we do get complacent. Sometimes, in our, even in our Christian lives, in our walk, we show up at church we're reading our Bible, we're doing our little devotions, and we go through it, but it just becomes monotonous, and it becomes complacent, and it really becomes the opposite of zesty. It becomes dull. It becomes bland, and it becomes same old, same old. And to be honest, we don't have anyone to blame but ourselves. It's easy to blame the church. It's so easy to blame someone. Oh, the church, I'm dry. I'm not getting fed. Pastor Carl, you're terrible. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm the scapegoat a lot of times. That's fine. But it's not always the church. It's not God. It's not always other people or circumstances around you. Ultimately, it comes down to, it's my choice. Why? Because Christianity is a personal thing between me and God. We live it out together in the family, and we're called to. But the decision to follow Jesus Christ and to stay on fire for him is no one but mine. And the enemy tries to come along and rob me sometimes, and he uses complacency and distraction as a tool, but still, it's, it's my choice to give in. Are you guys hearing me this morning? And so it comes down to us choosing and saying, I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to change lives around me. I'm going to choose to be victorious this morning. I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to be a threat to the enemy. 
Is that good? See, someone told me the other day, I was meeting with Pastor Rod uh, Plummer from Japan. Tom and I were meeting with him for breakfast and we were sharing. He's like, how's your life been? Where's your year been? And I said, oh man, I've been through it, man. I've been walking through some stuff. I had to go on a sabbatical. There's been some stuff that was piling against me personally, against our church, some lies and some attacks. And man, I've been through some family stuff and it's been a really rough year. And he goes, where are you at now? I said, well, I'm back. Holy Spirit is good. He's moving in our church. We're going places. We're growing again. We're coming back. We just built some buildings. We got some new vision. We got this. We got that. And he's just, he kind of laughs. And he goes, man, I'm laughing because you've had it really bad. I had it bad this year, he said in Japan, but you've had it worse than me. He goes, I'm not necessarily laughing at you. I'm laughing at the point that you're still here and you're still taking ground. He goes, mate, you're a champion, right? (laughs) Mate, you're a champion. You're a threat to the enemy. And I just kind of went, I kind of feel like I'm barely hanging on sometimes. He goes, no, you've stood. The enemy threw his worst at you and you're still standing. You're still moving forward. You're a threat to the enemy. And I just kind of went, whoa. And he goes, you know what you've done? You've taken hits for that next generation so they don't have to. And he goes, you walk in that, you take that, you're going to create something that's a foundation, that's integrity, that's going to be vibrant, and you're going to build disciples. He goes, I cannot wait to see what God's going to do in your church and ministry in the next couple years because you've decided to stand up for him and to overcome the enemy. And I was just like, that's the only word I needed to hear. You know, like, thank you, God, for your humble servants that they give words like that. But do you understand when you get dull and complacent, you're of no threat to the enemy. And you go, oh, that's a good thing. The enemy devil's not going to pick on me. But on the other hand, you're of no value to the kingdom of God. And that's a sad place to be in, isn't it? God says, get out of the lukewarm. Get zesty for me. Get on fire. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Here's a verse that I found in Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. Pastor Tom and I were talking about this. Book of Nehemiah has to do with this guy named Nehemiah that worked for the king of Persia, but he's trying to gather all of his Jewish countrymen and believers and bring them back to the city of Jerusalem. The, the city had been in ruins and shambles for years, and they're trying to come back, rebuild the temple, rebuild the city of Jerusalem, rebuild the wall around the city so that the, God's people could have a place to call their own and rebuild their culture and come back to the relationship with God. So Nehemiah is rebuilding this wall around Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah 3, as he gathers all the people to help him build this wall, they're all God-fearing believers, and they love God, but they needed to be stirred up to a little bit more zestiness. So Nehemiah gets them all, and he goes, let's build this wall around the city. And so Nehemiah chapter 3, if you read it, it's kind of a boring book of the Bible. You know why? Because all it's doing is listing all of these people by name. It's kind of cool to have your name listed in the Bible, but he's listing these guys, and he just says... This guy built this section of the wall. And then next to him, this guy and his tribe and his people, they built this section of the wall. And it's just this long description of people building the wall all around the city. And you're kind of going, oh, okay, that's exciting. But it lists all these people by name who built the wall. But then there's this one verse that we kind of locked into. And it said something specific about one guy. And I think that when there's a group of people that's listed in the Bible, but one stands out alone, that's kind of a special thing. Wouldn't you guys agree? Look what it says. And it, you may think it's not that big of a deal, but Nehemiah 3.20 says, all these guys were working on the wall, this guy, this guy, this guy, and next to this guy was Baruch, son of Zabbai, who zealously, there's our word, zestily, repaired an additional section from the angle to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. Now that's all that he gets. But did you know that in over 40-something names that are listed, all it said is, this guy built this, this guy did this, this guy did this. But with this guy, Baruch, it says, he zealously. You know what, know what I get right there? 
Baruch's zestiness made him stand out from the rest of everybody. It got him noticed to the point where it actually went down in the word of God for all time for us to see that guy's zealousness stood out from everybody else. And the question I asked myself is this, am I living a zesty enough life where people take notice of the way I'm living my life? See, people took notice of him that all these other guys got name credit, but that guy did it zealously. They said, you know what? This brother over here, he was doing it with passion, with enthusiasm. He was doing it for the Lord. And see, you read that and you go, oh, it's a small thing, but it's really kind of a big thing, isn't it? And sometimes it's the small things we do in life. When's the last time someone, someone noticed that you live your life for Jesus Christ? We actually stood out at work and someone took notice, either for good or for bad. Because there's sometimes you go, hey, can I just pray with you right now here on the spot? And someone's going, man, that guy's zealous for the things of God that he's bold enough to pray with me. Sometimes you go, hey, can I share with you about my faith, you know, Jesus, this and that? No, I don't want to hear it because I don't believe in that stuff. You might have offended someone. Well, guess what? Sometimes the word of God and the gospel offends people. But at least someone took notice because you were zealous enough to put it out there. You guys get what I'm saying? When's the last time someone took notice and you got a reaction by the way that you fervently lived for the Lord. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. As I've been reading through the, the book of Romans, and we're going to get to a couple of verses in Romans here today. As I've been reading through the book, what I saw is that Paul gives us a reason to be zesty for God. He gives us a reason to be excited about the things of God. He simply talks about, if I just put the gospel in a nutshell, he talks about the problem that man is separated from God and all the goodness of God and eternal life with him in heaven because of sin. He created us to have a relationship with him, but he also gave us that thing called free will. And we chose Adam and Eve to go and eat from the tree that God said, don't eat from that tree. Sin entered the world. We as humans, for all of this time, all of our generations, have always been living for ourselves. And, and sin, it feels so good. It's so fun. It's so easy. And so we all fall into it. Isn't sin fun, guys? Can we say that in church today? I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Sin is fun. It really is. Otherwise, everybody would be a Christian. It's hard to live for the things of God. It's a sacrifice. It takes faith because sin is so easy and it's so fun. But as we know, sin always comes back to get you in the end. Sin always has consequences. Amen? It's like Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Friday nights after church, I'm always hungry. It's late. Nothing's open. And my kids are like, Taco Bell. And you're so tempted, like sin, right? Because it's cheap. It's easy. It tastes good going down. There's all the variety, the Dorito burritos and blah, 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 right? And you go for it. But you know what? A couple hours later, you pay for it. You pay the consequences. It doesn't go in as easy as it comes out. It's not fun. And so I'm reading the book of Romans. And Paul is writing that there's a problem. Sin. We like to do it. But then it always reaps a life of destruction, of eternal death, of separation from God. And so the book of Romans is about, so God, in his grace and his loving kindness, provided a better way through Jesus Christ. And he starts going on about salvation and freedom. And you read the book of Romans, you cannot walk away from reading the book of Romans and go, yeah, it's cool to be a Christian. You walk away and you're just like, yeah, God freed me from sin. I got the Holy Spirit in me. I got freedom. I'm, I don't have to give in to the, my old way of life. And that, that always had something I had to pay in the end. But this way promises me life and life eternal. So you get really excited about this. And what you understand in the book of Romans is that Paul was zesty. And he wanted us to get zesty too. He recognized the life that he lived before. How many of you guys remember your BC days? huh? Your before Christ days. And remember the, the way of life that you had. And the direction you were headed. And it might have felt fun, but it came at a cost. And there was consequences. Remember who you used to be? 
And when you think of all that God has done for you, Romans reminds us, I better get zesty. My God is good. I got something to be thankful for every day. It says in Romans 15, 17, Paul goes, I have a reason to be enthusiastic. And what does that word mean right there? Zesty. All right, one person is listening to my message. Thank you, whoever you are. Let's go have mini church together. And yeah. Paul says, so I have a reason to be enthusiastic. I have a reason to be zesty about all that Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. See, Paul got it. I know my God is good. I have a reason to be zesty. I have a reason to be excited. And he calls us, the Romans he's writing to, but to all Christians everywhere. He goes, you guys need to be zesty too. Be intense. Be genuine. Look what it says in Romans 12, verses 9 through 11. It's my key verse today. Don't just pretend to love others. Don't be lukewarm and complacent in your love for others. Really love them, it says in the word, with genuine affection. That's, a, that's an intense, zesty word, right? Love with genuine affection. Really love people. Here's another intense word. Hate what is wrong. Here's a, here's a place in the Bible where God tells us, you can hate. It's okay. Here's what you're to hate. Hate evil. Hate the devil. Hate what is wrong. That's not like a passive word, like, oh, don't think too highly of, of wrong. He's saying, hate. That's a zesty word he's given us right there. He's saying, live a zesty life where you hate sin. You get mad at it. You're against it. And then hold tightly, a powerful word, to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. And here's the verse for the day. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically, or it says, with a zealous spirit. Paul is telling us, be zesty in your love for others and be zesty in your life for God. Amen? Come on, 9 a.m., give me a big amen. Amen? And that's not for me. That's for the word of God. That's for the truth that's spoken over our lives is that God has done so much for us. We need to take on that attitude and that outlook of victory, of excitement, of enthusiasm. But Carl, you don't understand I had a bad day. Well, guess what? Your emotions and your circumstances do not determine your identity in Jesus Christ. Your emotions and your circumstances, yeah, they mean a lot and it hurts and we had a bad day and this and that, but that doesn't change the fact that you are saved by grace, that you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you're here to make a difference, not just in your family, but in the lives of people around you. You got a pretty good thing going. You need to get zesty, right? And so that's, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying as I'm looking at this. And then I ask a question, okay, you want us to be zesty. We understand what we have in, in Christ, but how do we get there? How do we stay there? There's a couple of things that, that I was just coming to my mind, number one is you got to read the word of God. When you read the word of God, you get inspired by the word of God. And if your time spent in the word of God is just what you're getting right now, you are severely lacking. If your time with getting into the Bible is only what I'm talking about once a week, you're blowing it. Can I just say that? You're blowing it. You need to have a personal interaction where you're feeding on the word of God because you're going to find when you read the things of God and you're reminded of who he is and how good he is in your life, the zest levels are going to start to rise in your life. And you read Romans, you're going to be like, that's right, that's me. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. And you start getting fired up. The other thing is, I've been praying with the Holy Spirit and partnering with him and not waiting to come to church and get all holy with the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's bonus. But on the daily, just spending time and giving my life to him and asking for his help. Monday, I had one of those days where I was dull, boring, complacent, apathetic, lethargic, whatever you want to call it. I was just good for nothing on Monday. I don't know why. The weather was gray. I couldn't go to the beach. I don't know. I was just down. And I started letting it affect my spiritual life too. I read my devotions in the morning. I just didn't get anything out of it. Why? Because I chose to, right? I didn't really intentionally, but I'm like, all right, God, what do you have for me? 
And he's like, oh, with that attitude, not much, buddy. <laughs> right? And that's how my day went. And the rest of the day, I was just like, ah. And I was just not even really seeking God. I was just like, I, this is terrible. I started going down my list of how bad my life is and everything, right? And then I remember Tuesday morning, I let a whole day go by. Tuesday morning after I dropped my kids off for school, driving in the car on the way to work, I remembered, you know what, God? You say that you're here with me. Holy Spirit, you're here. You're in me. You're in the car with me. You're in my heart. You say to ask for help. Right now, I don't even feel like, I don't even know how to pray. I really don't know how to pray. So I'm just asking you, could you help me? Because I can't get out of this funk that I'm in right now. I don't know why I feel this way. Can you just help me? And here's the, the, the awesome thing that happened. Novel idea. You ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. He actually helps you. It's kind of cool how that works, right? So I asked him, Holy Spirit, just, just help me right now. Just restore my joy. And all of a sudden, it just came on me. Boom. And I can't tell you it wasn't some crazy spiritual manifesting, but my attitude just changed. And instantly, like, the zeal started rising. And, and as it says in Scripture, the Holy Spirit brought to remembrance all of the truth that I needed to hear. Carl, remember, you're a champion. You're a threat to the enemy. I love you. I died for you. I think you're special. You have a good life. Remember I did this and this and this and this in your life, in your family, in your ministry? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I'm driving around, and I turn the radio off, and I put on my worship music, and I was getting zesty in my Toyota Tacoma. You guys know what I'm talking about? I was driving around the 4-4, just like zest leaking out my windows, because I was like, yeah, right? And it's like one of those emotional moments where when you ask the Holy Spirit to partner with you, he's actually going to partner with you. He's going to show up when you give him room to work. And literally, my zest tank was up. I walked into staff meeting, fired up, brought my zest, all of the staff, their zest came together. Zest Fest in Hope Chapel, Kaneohe Bay. We went to equip meeting that night. More zesty people. Holy Spirit showing up. Zest Fest, right? And so what we got to realize is when we ask the Holy Spirit to come and restore that zest and that, that excitement, he's going to do that. And hanging out with zesty people, people should do that. When you come to church on a Sunday morning, you should walk away going, man, that was a zest fest. Some of that stuff that those people had, it rubbed off on me. That's how we get there, how we stay zesty. We hang out with people like that. We invite the Holy Spirit. We read the word of God. We choose. And this is the the one thing you got to do is you got to make a choice to not let the enemy rob you of your joy. His whole deal is he wants to steal from you. Anytime you get zesty, he's going, nope, how do I erase that? A couple weeks ago, my car got broken into in my own driveway at night. And actually, it didn't get broken into, which was, which was a benefit, but I left it unlocked. Like the one night I didn't arm my alarm or whatever on my car, um, people were going around through our complex and just checking handles. And anybody's car that was unlocked, they got in, they took whatever they can grab, right? So I came down the next day, and I'm like, hey, my, my door's unlocked. Oh, well, you know, no big deal. We're safe in here. I'm like, oh, where's my iPod? Oh, where's, oh, where's that money stash that I had? Oh, where, oh no. And you know what? The one thing that was a big bummer to me was I got this little baggie that I keep in my like armrest and it's got all my gift certificates in it. You know, all those gift cards that you get to restaurants and free movies and stuff like that. All of that got stolen. So I'm thinking, man, there's some thieves around right now eating at Ruby Tuesdays on behalf of me. <laughs> you better enjoy that guys. That's, that's my blessing to you. Right. And I'm thinking, man, there's Somebody is eating $100 worth of goma tea. I hope you choke on that ramen. <laughs> I don't. I changed my attitude. And I said, just bless them. But I was bummed because that stuff got taken out of my car. I felt violated. And I go upstairs. I tell my wife, oh, I just got my dad. Oh, did they break in? Did they damage your car? No. Oh, your car's still there? Yeah. Oh, why are you crying for? Oh. There's bigger things than gift cards and iPods. I'm like, yeah, but I know that guy's at goma tea right now listening to iPod on my music. 
No, 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 no. And my wife talked me out. Hang around with other zesty people. Don't let the enemy rob you of your joy. You know what? She turned my situation around. Yeah, but be thankful. They didn't, they didn't hurt your car. You don't have to pay anything. Your car's still there. What's important? Look at our kids. Look at our life. Look at all that. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy, right? I don't have to. You don't have to let the enemy steal your joy. Regardless of circumstances and emotions, that does not determine your identity in Christ and the joy and the zeal you have. So we need to stay zesty with all of that. Share your zest with others. That's another way of just, just upping the tank. It's so funny in the kingdom of God how it all works. When you give out stuff, you get stuff back. It's so weird. You share your zest with other people. We got to pray for this kid in the mall the other day. The staff went to lunch together and this guy who hadn't been in church in a long time came up and he'd been messing around with drugs and wasn't living for the Lord. And Pastor Tom invited him in. And at first I was a little bit like, oh, who's this guy? We're trying to have lunch with the boys. Get this guy out of here. You know, that's a flesh, right? And then the zest took over, right? And Tom's over there ministering to him, inviting him to come back. And I'm like, that's right. That's what we're all about here. So share the zest with him. Pull this guy in. We prayed for him in the mall. Invited him back to church. You know, we're giving it away. And you know what? We walk away encouraged. We give it out, but then God gives it back and he refills us. Here's the other thing to build your zest in life is celebrate the wins. Celebrate the victories. Remind yourself of the milestones of all the good things that God does in your life. That means when you come into praise and worship services, remember why you're praising and worshiping. Because again, here's the weird thing about it. I come into service, I'm sitting here in the front row and I'm giving my zest to God. God, it's all about you right now. I praise you. I worship you. Holy is your name. Great are you, God. Glory to you. I'm giving of me to him. But here's the amazing, awesome, blessed, wonderful thing God does is he gives back to me and he refills my tank and he gives me more fire and more enthusiasm and more zest for the Lord. Amen? So see, some of us, we haven't even learned that secret yet. We come in here every Sunday morning and we sing songs and that's all we're doing. Just singing some songs. They sound good. I like the lyric. That's, that's good. But we're not entering into that spirit where we're actually refilling the tank because we're just kind of, I'm singing. But when you let go and you go from the heart and you give it to God, I promise you something new is going to change in your worship. He's going to fill you up. He's going to touch you in ways. There's, there's, no, there's no imitation there's no second best. There's no mistaking the presence of God and the filling of your tank when you come to give him praise and worship and you remember the victories and you celebrate the wins in life. Amen? So you want to stay zesty? Get into the habit of doing some of this stuff. Romans 14, 17, I'll end with this scripture, says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but living a life of goodness and peace and joy, which means zest in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you also. See, that's what I love about this is when you get zesty for God, man, your life is going to grow. Your faith is going to grow. Your perspective changes. You walk victorious every single day when you understand all that God has done for you. But not only that, God is going to be so pleased. He's going to give you more gifts, but you actually change the nature and the outlook and the attitude of people around you that you come into contact with because zestiness is contagious, right? We're here to give you the zest life possible. And when you get that, you're going to be contagious, right? And you're going to spread that around to other people. So what is the two words for today? Get zesty. Okay. That's what we're talking about this morning. And this is going to be a fun series. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you for a reason to be zesty. We thank you for all you've done in our lives. Lord, help us to re remember all that you've done for us. Lord, thank you for guys like the Apostle Paul 
that remind us to stir up our faith and to stir up our gifts and to stir up the, the fire and the passion and the enthusiasm for life that we should have. Lord, I pray that we would live each day in victory, not looking around us at what we, we base our joy or our zeal on, but based on you and what you've done for us, based on our eternal status, based on the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives every day, based on the relationship that we can have with you, where we can call you Father, we can call you Friend. We can call you Lord and Savior and King of Kings and, and Master and, and Lord, all that you've given us as a Savior. Lord, we thank you for that and we can walk out of here excited, Lord, as we walk into work and life and school this week. Lord, we, we, we'd be reminded to get zesty for you because it pays off so much in our lives and the lives of the people around us. And if there's anybody in this room here today, as we're praying right now, if you're at a place in life where you've never even come to that first decision to even Take a step of faith to say yes to Jesus Christ. Really, honestly, if you're here today and you're going, I, I don't know if I can call myself a Christian, but I, I want to know that. I want to know that I'm in a relationship with a God that would love me and bless me and forgive me and, and take care of all the wrong I've done in my life and fill me with joy and excitement. Lord, I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of living in the same old, same old every day. If that's you here today and you've never taken that step to say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be a Christian. And you've never really made things completely right in your life with God, but you're at that point. I want to say a prayer with you right now just to lead you into that decision, to lead you into that position in, in life and in the spiritual where, where God is your father and he's, he's for you and he's not against you. And if that's what you'd like to do, I want to say a prayer right now. And I want you to pray the words along with me. And I'm just going to pray them out loud, but I'm going to ask you this, that you would just pray it in your heart because it starts in your heart. And it might be scary right now, this first step, to, to, to speak it out in front of all these people. You can do that after service. You can go and give, be accountable and say, hey, I pray that prayer. I'm a Christian now. But for right now, let's just make it a, a matter of the heart. So I'm going to say a prayer with you and for you to lead you into this relationship with God. And maybe you're someone that's, that you think you had a relationship with him a long time ago, but you're not sure. And it's been a while since you've been there. And you're coming back to rededicate. This prayer is for you too. You can join in on this prayer as well. But it's going to be a prayer that just says, God, I need you. I want you. I want all that you have. I believe in you and I'll follow you all the days of my life on into eternity. And if that's what you want to pray, then God is here. He'll meet you. Your life will change. I promise you. But I want to ask you one thing. I want to ask you that if you're going to pray that prayer with me, that you would let me know we're praying together. The rest of the people seated around you have their eyes closed and their heads bowed. But I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand to let me know that you're going to pray that prayer with me this morning. Most powerful prayer you will ever pray and your whole eternity will change everything. And if that's what you want to do, I'm going to lead you in that prayer. We'll pray together and we'll go on from here. But if that's you on the count of three, would you raise your hand and let me know we're praying together? Real simple. One, two, three. Would you hold your hand up high so I can see those hands? Is there anybody here? I see one hand over here. I see two. I see three. Look around. I see four. I see five. Anybody else? About five hands at least in the house today. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. That's what we're all about. Go ahead and put your hand down right now and just pray this in your heart of hearts with me. God, I'm, I'm here today at this church and I hear you speaking to me. Lord, through the words that I'm hearing, through what's stirring in my heart and through my, my own evaluative look at myself and where my life is at. Lord, I'm telling you, I, I need you. I want you in my life. I want my life to be consumed with you to be covered by you and your thoughts and your plans for my life. Lord, I believe you love me and you're bigger and stronger and better and I want to trust your plans and I want them um, active in my life. 
Lord, I'm asking for help here. I believe that you sent your son Jesus, that that was the, the cure, the answer, the plan that you had to bring me into relationship with you, both now and for eternity. I believe Jesus came down, died on the cross to pay the price for my sins, my wrongdoing that I've done and, and that I've, I've walked away from you. And even the times I'm gonna slip up from here on out, I'm not gonna be perfect, but I'm gonna be getting better by your grace and your glory. But Lord, Jesus paid the price for all of my mistakes and my sin, my separation from you. He, he paid with his own life and then he did the impossible. He proved he was a son of God. He conquered death. He rose again from the dead. He put that to rest to promise me that I can have eternal life of freedom in Jesus Christ as I believe and as I receive what he's done for me. So Lord, I receive what Jesus did on the cross. I believe it. I receive the message. I will live it. I will walk it out. I will speak it from this day forward. God, you're my God, my father, my friend. Lord, I receive all that you've given me and I look forward to what you're gonna do as I, as I read the Bible and learn about you, as I keep coming to church to connect with other Christians. Lord, as I get baptized, just to symbolize that I've died to my old self as I go under the water, it's, it's signifying the grave, that I've died to the old person and because of you, I'm a new creation. I come out washed clean by your blood, Father God. And Lord, I, I'm open and I'm ready to receive all that you have from your Holy Spirit the help that you promise that's available, the power that I need in my life, Lord, I want it. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill me with all of the power that you have for me. It's gonna take some help. I can't do this on my own. I need you to make the changes and and to empower my life. All that you have for me this morning, my answer is yes, Lord. I'm ready to get zesty for you. Thank you for loving me and thank you for all that you've done and you're about to do in my life. And in Jesus' name, the church says, amen, amen. Praise God for those people that joined us here today.